With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You want a war? You're going to get one. Now get the gun! Welcome back to Reliving the War Soldier and welcome to the 7th of June 1999. It's crazy to think we're already halfway through the year. This week we've got Raw coming from Boston Mass while WCW Nitro takes place in Cleveland, Ohio. Quick update on the donation being made to the Owen Hart Foundation. I've decided to make the first donation at the beginning of March instead of the beginning of April. The amount's already substantial enough to make a difference, I think, and I'll be honest, I'd rather the money was donated a little quicker because I don't like that kind of money that isn't mine sitting in my accounts. I want to send it to the right place ASAP really because it's way, way more than I anticipated. Another donation will still be made at the beginning of April by the way, but the main big boy will be sent to the foundation like the day after this video goes live. I'll post the donation amount on Twitter, I'll make a community post on YouTube, but if you're not into all that I'll let you know how much was raised next week on Reliving the War. Macho Man Randy Savage has arrived at Nitro with a bucket of wet sloppy shit and no, I'm not talking about any of his valets. Savage says this concoction's going all over the World Heavyweight Champion tonight, so yay, unmissable stuff tonight on Nitro. Our opening match features Hardcore Hack taking on Prince Ikea. Hack comes to the ring smoking a cigarette and Bischoff, who's providing commentary this week, tells Hack to put it out. Hack refuses to do it, so here comes James J. Bebe Dillon to tell our hardcore friend that smoking is not allowed inside a WCW ring. Hack again refuses to put the cigarette out, Eric Bischoff gets in the ring to tell Hack he can't smoke, and this has gone on so long that I'm surprised the cigarette hasn't burnt out yet. Security run down and check this, Bischoff smacks Hack to get the cigarette away from him. Imagine telling Sandman in ECW that one day Bischoff was going to bitch slap him on live TV. Eric orders the match to begin, Chastity uses a fire extinguisher to blind Ayakea, and we have ourselves a table of Japan folks because that thing will not break for love nor money. So Hack ends up just pinning Ayakea to get the match over with. 
Complete hit Brian Knobs and Hugh Morris then run down to attack Hack. Looks like Brian has joined up with Jimmy Hart after all. Billy Kidman rushes down to get a little revenge on Hugh Morris and while Billy does do well at first, it all ends with Kidman and Hack taking a beating. Personally, I don't think Brian Knobs and Hugh Morris make for good opponents against Billy Kidman, but what do I know? Later tonight on Raw, we're going to find out who the higher power is. It's a storyline that's been going on for quite some time over on the USA Network, and Eric Bischoff decided to go back to his old ways by spoiling the surprise live on Nitro. On a competition, the guy under the hood, I can't mention his name, but the initials are VM. Mick, Mick something or that's another. It. Hey, I hate to blow that, it for that, anybody, but it's, that's that, it. That's all it is? I just keep rehashing that same old crap over and over again. But anyway, let's get it down here. It's insane that Bischoff would continue to do this after WCW embarrassed themselves back when Foley won the WWF Championship, but it's not surprising either. Digging their own grave even deeper is what WCW was all about during this time period. Lenny Lane vs Scotty Riggs took place next, Scotty still doing his whole Rick Rude Mr Wonderful gimmick, Lenny Lane meanwhile still looks like the cheap version of Chris Jericho. Lodi came out during the match, yeah remember that guy? He cheered Lenny Lane on but his cheers didn't help a single bit, Riggs wins with a rocker dropper. Ric Flair's backstage trying to get Chris Benoit to believe in him once again. Benoit says he's only hearing Rick out because he respects him, but that respect is no longer unconditional, it's now very much conditional. Rick thinks he and Chris shouldn't be butting heads, he recalls fighting Arn Anderson in 1995 and the two got back together afterwards because they're horsemen through and through, and Rick wants Chris to give him a chance to prove himself and he wants a united horseman just like back in 1995. Benoit agrees to give Flair a chance, Saturn then walks into the room, Perry says he and Canyon want a shot at the tag team belts, and he explains that Canyon suffered from a concussion last week. But Flair says no because it's Benoit and Slick Rick himself who are going to face DDP and Big Low tonight on Nitro for the gold. Saturn says he and Canyon should be next in line no matter who wins, and Benoit then reminds Flair that it was Bigelow and DDP who attacked him last week, but Flair says not to worry, the champs were just trying to take out their biggest threat. Looks like the horsemen are riding once again guys, and that tag team match is coming up very shortly. Macho pimp Randy Savage comes to the ring with his big bucket of doo doo. He says Nash isn't in the building yet so he's just going to have to wait until this Sunday to take Big Sexy's world heavyweight title. Savage explains that his bucket contains some fully fermented poop straight from the Astrodome last week, and I hate to say it but Macho just talks a lot here without actually saying anything. He bangs on about Kevin Nash having no guts, he tells the fans to shut up, he even tells the commentators to bring it on. The promo starts sinking quite a bit but the fans get into it a bit more when Sting shows up. Sting says he's back in black while Macho's pretty in pink, very good, and Sting thinks Macho should face him tonight in the Nitro main event. Macho agrees, saying he's gonna treat this match as a warm up for the Great American Bash while also saying Sting needs a shampoo job, as in he needs that bucket of filth poured all over him, so Sting says it's showtime and the match is on. Nitro takes a commercial break and Big Sexy then walks down to the ring, holding the World Heavyweight Championship in what looks to be a very heavy bag filled with some very heavy wrestling gear, I don't know. Nash puts his bag on a chair and as he begins to speak, a fan keeps chanting HBK and shouting you're nothing without Michaels, how nice. Nash says he just got to the building, his gear is in that bag, he heard what Savage said so it's time to fight. 
Macho walks down to the ring and the two throw zingers at each other. Nash gets the better of Macho here when he says, I only brought one bag to the ring while you brought three. Nash gets out of the ring before Savage can throw his bucket all over him. Savage wonders where Nash is going and Kev says he'll only get in the ring if Randy puts the bucket down, if Team Madness open the ropes for him and Savage gets on his knees to beg for a fight. Everyone complies, Macho gets down on one knee, the bag then begins moving and out pops a very flexible lady who then proceeds to pour Randy's wet shit all over the Macho Man himself. It was pulled off quite well but Eric Bischoff laughing throughout the whole thing makes it almost unwatchable. He's not laughing, he's kinda screeching down the microphone. <laughs> When everyone leaves, the ring crew decide to not change the ring mat either, instead they brush and wipe it down into the fabric of the ring canvas itself. So good job lads, the whole roster is going to be rolling around in that mess for the remainder of the show. Vince McMahon kicks off Raw with a promo while over on Nitro, Flair and Benoit take on DDP and Bam Bam Bigelow. Vince says he's very interested in finding out who the greater par is, reminding everyone that Undertaker first made mention of this person around 3 or 4 months ago. McMahon says some people think it's Shawn Michaels, some people think it's a member of the McMahon family, some even think it's Jake the Snake Roberts and yes this was a big rumour back then and I can remember loads of people thinking it was gonna be Jake. Vince says it doesn't matter, Mr McMahon intends on going no holds barred with the greater par tonight in Boston. Vince believes the greater par is a McMahon family member, he actually thinks it's his son Shane. So Vince challenges Shane to an ODQ match tonight and Vince says he'll put up his 50% of the WWF if Shane puts his half up. It's a winner takes all match if Shane accepts. The boy wonder comes out and Shane says it's on, the winner of tonight's match will control the World Wrestling Federation. However, in just a moment, Shane's gonna go to the back, he's gonna get the Undertaker and the greater power will be revealed to everyone before the match takes place. Shane and Vince head back through the curtain and the commentators run through the matches that we're gonna see tonight on Raw. Shamrock vs Jeff Jarrett in a Lions Den encounter, the Acolytes vs Edge and Gangrel and we're also gonna see Nicole Bass vs Deborah. Steve Austin's then seen talking to someone in a limousine but we'll come back to this in just a moment. Over on Nitro it's time to see if Ric Flair and Chris Benoit can get along and no. Ric had no intention of reuniting the horsemen and instead he decided to walk away from Chris when Benoit needed to tag out. Arn Anderson then appeared and the enforcer was furious with what Flair just pulled off so Double A gets on the apron to replace Ric and he begs Chris to tag him in. Perry Saturn then appears and he too jumps on the apron to extend his hand to Chris, so Benoit has a choice to make, he can tag in a horseman or he can tag in someone he's been on pretty bad terms with in the past. In the end Benoit tags in Saturn and the crowd goes crazy as Perry gets in the ring to clean house. After neutralizing Bam Bam Bigelow, Saturn delivers a belly to belly to DDP followed by the Death Valley driver, Saturn then gets the pinfall win and so Chris Benoit and Perry Saturn are the new tag team champions. Chris Kenyon then comes to the ring to celebrate with Perry, but Kenyon then hits his friend with a flatliner and with this very move the Jersey Triad is born on Monday Nitro. DDP, Bam Bam and Kenyon then give the new tag team champions a beating in the ring. Benoit takes the Asbury Park cutter from Bigelow and Page as does Perry Saturn and Kenyon leaves the ring alongside his two new best friends. 
So the horsemen are 100% done. The Jersey Triad is now here in WCW. But I do wonder what this all means for Raven. The corporate ministry reveal who the higher power is next on Raw. On Nitro, Damien and Cyclope versus Silver King and La Parka. Right, here we go. The Undertaker reminds everyone that the whole reason he built the Ministry of Darkness was for this very day. The arrival of the Greater Power. The Day of Reckoning is now at hand. It's time to find out who this person is. This power that's even greater than the Lord of Darkness himself. Jim Ross points out that Shane McMahon is not standing in the ring as the higher power makes his way down the ramp. The greater power then holds the microphone and we hear Shane's voice. But Shane then walks out the entranceway to tell everyone that the higher power is cold and calculating, a master of mind games. He's methodical in his methods and a master of human psychology. Shane wants Vince to come out and reveal the higher power to the entire world. It would be an honor for the corporate ministry if Vince is the man who shows everyone who this guy is. But Vince appears on the screen and he says he's just fine where he is in the backstage area. He tells this demonic SOB to reveal himself to the world right now <laughs> and then it happens. It's me Austin! Oh son of a bitch! The crowd boos as they realize they've been had. McMahon takes great delight in rubbing it in and he says even his own family bought into his whole plan. Vince is happy that he fooled everyone but he also says this is all Stone Cold Steve Austin's fault. Austin left Vince with no other choice and Vince's actions prove that Mr McMahon will do anything to make Austin's life a living hell. Vince thanks Shane, he thanks the WWF Champion, The Undertaker, he thanks the rest of the corporate ministry for their work over the past few months, but then Linda and Stephanie McMahon appear on the stage, and when Stephanie asks her dad how could he do this and how could he be so cruel, Vince says it was just business. Vince still loves his daughter, but all of this, the kidnapping, everything, it was just business. Linda wants to talk a little business of her own and she reveals that Vince and Shane have been lying. They don't own 50% of the company, all four McMahons own the company equally and Linda is just as responsible as Vince for the success of the World Wrestling Federation. Linda called in an emergency meeting with the board of directors and there's going to be some changes in WWF headquarters back in Stamford. There's going to be a relaxed dress code where folks don't have to wear suits, they could maybe wear cut off jeans if they really wanted to. Profanity is going to be allowed in the office and employees will now be allowed to drink on the job. In short, Stephanie's given up her 25% of the company, Linda's stepping down as CEO and Linda's handpicked her own successor. The new CEO can run the company as he sees fit. The glass shatters, Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out wearing a red tie and Stone Cold's going to serve as the new CEO of WWF. Austin begins his run as CEO by removing his power tie and giving McMahon the power finger. He then drinks on the job before consulting his clipboard and Austin says he's given himself a title shot and he plans on getting his WWF title back as soon as possible. He also took the liberty of booking himself in a match against Vince and Shane at the King of the Ring pay-per-view. And tonight on Raw, Shane McMahon's going to compete in another 2-on-1 match when he meets X-Pac and Kane. All members of the union, except McFoley, are allowed to select their opponents tonight. Mick's at home nursing an injury, unfortunately. Triple H is going to face The Rock in a cast match, meaning Hunter's leg's going to be in a cast and Triple H can feel what it's like to go into a match at a disadvantage. And finally, if anyone has a problem with how Stone Cold's running things, they can find his dressing room backstage. If he's not busy drinking beer, he just might open the door. And that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. 
Austin goes backstage and he gets a corporate gift from Stephanie and Linda, a new briefcase, a magical briefcase filled with magical beer. Austin has a drink with Stephanie and Linda before Raw moves on and there you have it, McMahon was the greater power all along, but Stone Cold is the new CEO of the World Wrestling Federation. Over on Nitro, <laughs> mate, how can I talk about this match after what just happened on Raw? It's a hardcore tag team match with four of WCW's longest serving luchadors. This drop Toho looked pretty good as the Parker's head smacks off a trash can in the corner, but the chairman of WCW got a little revenge by hitting Cyclope with a chair on the outside. Damien also used the chair to great effect on Silver King, and the fun and games continue on as the guys start throwing themselves out of the ring while trying to do as much damage as possible. The match ended with Silver King performing a tornado DDT on Cyclope through a table. The Parker then put Damien through a table with a top row powerbomb, and Damien also took a powerbomb on two chairs, and those chairs had no give whatsoever. The Parker and Silver King went on WCW Nitro, and the fans in attendance enjoyed this one. Because the greater part thing went on for so long, the rest of this episode of Raw is filled with quick matches and promos, so keep that in mind as I go through the remainder of the show. We've got the Acolytes vs the Brood next, while the NWOB team have a conversation over on Nitro. Edge gets beaten up on the outside, and when he gets in the ring he falls victim to a double shoulder block. He tries a diving crossbody, but Bradshaw catches Edge for a fallaway slam, and then Farouk comes in with a big old spinebuster. Already, Edge needs to desperately tag out. He tries to get a break following a facebuster, but Farouk tags out quickly and Edge has to deal with Bradshaw once again. Gangrel finally gets tagged in after Edge's missile dropkick and the crowd don't react to the tag at all. As the match breaks down, the Hardy Boys and Michael Hayes walk down the ringside. A little miscommunication in the ring makes Farouk's clothesline look terrible, but Bradshaw makes up for it with a clothesline from hell. So the tag team champions win this match and the Hardy Boys try to jump Christian. Edge ends up saving his kayfabe brother and the Hardys and Hayes escape back through the curtain. On Nitro, Scott Norton wants to know where the NWO were last week when Ernest Miller hit him with a crowbar. Stevie Ray asks them and he says he didn't see anything, but Scott knows the NWO must have at least watched the tape back when Nitro went off the air. Scott knows the NWO left the arena after the match, but the boys say they thought Norton had the match won and they only heard about the weapon being used when they got back to the airport. This is 100% false by the way, and Norton said he watched the replay of Nitro, yet he still gives in and he's very easily swayed when the rest of the boys say NWO for life. It's, uh, it's pretty amazing seeing this company get so lost with the storyline, no one knows where this is going and there's no doubt in my mind that this is all getting made up as they go along. The Union come out to select their opponents on Raw, while on Nitro, it's Ernest Miller vs Horace Hogan. <laughs> Guys, do you want me to just start covering Raw on its own from now on? <laughs> My goodness. We see two fans in the audience wearing Kane and Mankind masks, and you're not fooling anyone. You know, and I know, exactly who this is. The Union come out to choose their opponents for Raw, The Big Show thanks Stone Cold for this great opportunity, and The Big Man chooses The Undertaker. Show vs Taker is going to be our main event for Raw tonight, and the WWF title will be up for grabs. Vince and Shane don't like this too much. Kenny Boy gives Mick Foley a shout out, revealing that Foley's got a busted up leg at home, and Shamrock then says he won't be facing Jeff Jarrett tonight. Instead, Shamrock's going to face the greater power himself, and it's going to take place in the lion's den. Shamrock reminds everyone that Ken was the only person who backed Vince up, he was the one who went and rescued Stephanie when it was all just a big lie. So tonight, inside the lion's den, Shamrock's gonna, and I quote, abuse Vince McMahon. 
Tess then wants Stephanie McMahon to come down to the ring, bit of a weird choice if you ask me, but Tess doesn't want to give Steph the old pump handle slam, he wants to take her out on a date, maybe he can uh, he can pump handle her after the date, but Tess gets down on one knee to ask Stephanie out and little Miss McMahon doesn't hesitate when she says yes. Shane and Vince are seething backstage and Tess thinks he's getting lucky tonight. On Nitro, not only does Ernest Miller lay out his usual open challenge, he gets Dave Penzer to introduce him as the greatest of all time and the godfather of soul. I know Miller's run improves quite a bit later in the year, but personally, I think his run up until this point has been extremely boring. It's been the same thing every week since he turned heel and I know everyone loves the cat, but you gotta be honest too. As mentioned though, his run does get better soon. Horace Hogan answers the challenge and it looks like the cat's got some sick new ring gear. Hogan Jr. goes to work on Ernest and just like last week the cat ends up in a bad spot, but the crowbar comes into play once again as the NWO watch on in the backstage area. Hogan gets clocked, Miller wins via pinfall, and this time the NWO decide not to leave the arena and instead they rush down to attack Ernest and Ono. The cat and his manager run away and Stevie Ray promises to get revenge for Horace later on. I bet the NWO doesn't do a damn thing. Shane McMahon gets what's coming to him when he faces X-Pac and Kane next on Raw, on Nitro Roddy Piper calls out Buff Bagwell. X-Pac let Shane get in a few free shots before lighting the boy wonder up. Shano gets pummeled in the corner and he falls in place for a bronco buster but he manages to escape the ring. McMahon then tries to run away but Kane blocks his path like a big old Snorlax. Kid almost takes Shane's head off with a spinning back kick and when McMahon gets put back in the ring, those two fans wearing Mankind and Kane masks jump inside the ropes to help out the boy wonder. After stopping a chokeslam from Kane, the two fans head back up the ramp and you guessed it, it's the Main Street Posse. The posse get attacked by Briscoe and Patterson. The Stooges then send these thugs from the main streets of Greenwich back into the ring where they take choke slams, Bronco Busters, and Tombstone Pie Drivers. Can't say they deserve this kind of punishment, but at least she and escaped relatively unharmed. On Nitro, Roddy Piper gets his usual cheap pop before saying he's going to make Ric Flair bleed to death this week at the pay-per-view. Bit harsh if you ask me, but Piper again confirms right here that this pay-per-view match is once again for control of the company. They better not do what they did last time and, you know, just put the loser back in control because no one seems to know what's going on. Piper then says he's tired of hearing all these WCW kids complaining about not being in the main events. He says these Y2K kids sit in coach seats on the airplanes complaining that they're not getting a break, so Piper wants Buff Bagwell to come out to get his reality check. Piper asks Bagwell how many times he's wrestled in Madison Square Garden and Buff says he wasn't born yet. Piper says MSG's still right there in Manhattan and Buff answers again by saying he's never wrestled in the garden. Piper then tries to make fun of Bagwell by joking about his catchphrases and Buff reminds Piper that it isn't 1974 anymore. Roddy might want to think about getting new tights and new boots because he's not Buff and he's not the stuff. Roddy Piper wonders what the stuff is, Bagwell says Roddy's looking at it, Piper then babyfaces Buff by talking about his heroic comeback to the ring after an injury, he then reminds everyone that Bagwell faked an injury at Fall Brawl and Roddy confirms that Buff will do whatever it takes to get on top. 
So Piper wants to give Buff Bagwell an opportunity. If Roddy beats Ric Flair this week at the pay-per-view, then Piper's going to give Bagwell the ball. Not his ball, not someone else's ball, the ball. Piper says Bagwell better not fumble it, to which Buff replies he's going to take the ball and he's going to run with it. The two shake hands before the promo comes to an end, so we could be looking at main event Buff Daddy in the very near future. I'm all for it. I can look back at this time period and confidently say that Bagwell was very popular even when others don't want to admit it. What I'll also admit though is knowing that WCW are horrible at following through with any storylines like this. We've got The Rock vs Triple H in a cast match next on Raw. On Nitro, Team Madness seduce Kevin Nash. Before the Raw match, Deborah says she's not going to give Nicole Bass a title shot tonight, but she will compete in a bikini contest. If Nicole wins, then Deborah will give her a title opportunity next week on Raw. Silly me, I totally forgot that Deborah has the power to book matches. Triple H comes hobbling out in his cast, he's a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest, the crowd goes crazy for The Rock, and there's really nothing of substance here at all. Remember what I said though, those promos at the beginning of Raw ate up a lot of time. All Hunter can do here really is throw punches. He ends up getting brought to the corner where The Rock lays the smackdown on his candy ass, and Rock then plants Hunter with a DDT before going out to grab a chair. Rock hits Triple H across the back, the ref doesn't call for the bell so I guess cast matches are no DQ. Triple H then takes a rock bottom and the Great One sets the chair on top of Hunter for a people's elbow. The Undertaker then runs in to save Triple H, Rock takes a choke slam and the referee calls for the bell. What the fuck? Rock gets tombstoned on the chair and Big Show has to run in to save Rock from any more punishment and that's how it ended. Probably the weakest Rock vs Triple H match that ever aired on TV. On Nitro, Medusa, Gorgeous George and Miss Madness are sitting in a limo waiting for Kevin Nash to walk past. They then entice Big Sexy with a bottle of booze and Kev thinks he's in luck. Before being too hasty, Kev tells the women to step out of the limo so he can check if the macho man's in there. They tell him Randy's gone and they're looking for some action, so Nash tells the driver to open the trunk so he can get his bag in. I wonder if that flexi girl still zipped up inside. Team Madness tells Kev to get in the limo, that dumb son of a gun Kevin Nash gets right in the vehicle, and then the door gets locked. Surprise, surprise. Macho has a where to Stephanie moment, only he calls Nash a smartass before asking him if he wants to go for a ride. And Macho proceeds to park the limo up against the dumpster before quickly getting out of the vehicle. A white Hummer then drives straight into the limousine. Yes, it's the white Hummer. It reverses up just to come crashing in over and over again. So the question is, who's driving the white Hummer? It's not any member of Team Madness because they can all be seen in the background, but maybe we'll find out this week at the pay-per-view. Looks like Randy Savage has found himself a little backup. The Hummer drives off, Kev looks like he's in a bad way as he punches a window through, and Nitro takes a commercial break. We've got the Raw Bikini Contest up next, plus the Godfather vs Billy Gunn. On Nitro, it's Bobby Duncan Jr vs Rey Mysterio Jr, the battle of the juniors. I was able to put these two Raw matches together because practically nothing happens. The women show their bikinis while Jerry Lawler gets a semi, the crowd decide that Debra is the winner, Jeff Jarrett and Val Venus begin fighting, and it all ends with Nicole accidentally hitting Venus with Double J's guitar. She didn't hit Val flush at all, and it looks like the neck of the guitar cracked Val right at the top of the head. He begins bleeding too, so I'm sure this hurt quite a lot. Val gets angry, and this time Nicole pushes back. She says she's not going to take this before saying screw you, and Nicole leaves the ring without Val Venus. Usually it's Val kicking women to the curb, so Venus gets a taste of his own medicine tonight on Raw. 
We then see Ken Shamrock and Mr. McMahon getting prepared for their upcoming Lions Den match. That match is going to take place after Billy Gunn I'm a nice man. meets the Godfather in the ring for a one-on-one -on -one match. But before we check that out, we see another GTV clip where PMS are talking about dicks. <laughs> yes, that's right. The girls are talking about Val Venus, Billy Gunn and Dustin Rhodes all packing tiny todgers. And what's interesting here is the fact that the camera feed gets cut off as soon as Dustin gets mentioned. Something that absolutely no one brings up when talking about GTV on YouTube or whatever. Billy Gunn inadvertently hit Godfather with a steel chair last night on heat, so Godfather intercepts Billy on the rampway and the match begins with Badass getting his badass kicked. Strangely, a Goldberg champ breaks out as Godfather hits Billy with a standing sidekick and Billy replies with a power slam. Gunn then pays too much attention to the Godfather's hose before going for the Billy splash, so Godfather gets out of harm's way before hitting a few clotheslines followed by a backbody drop. Godfather then gives Billy a ride on the hoe train before tumbling out of the ring, and the referee stays distracted long enough for Road Dog to hit the ring and deliver his pump handled slam. The Godfather then hits a leg drop, and the Godfather defeats Billy Gunn tonight on Raw. On Nitro, Kurt Hennig joins the commentary team for Rey Mysterio vs Bobby Duncan Jr while Conan joins DJ Ran. Conan also has a commentary headset so we get to hear Conan and Kurt Hennig talk trash to each other throughout this match. It's, it's actually pretty entertaining. Rey Mysterio thinks this episode of Nitro stinks so he's wearing a gas mask, and as Bobby Duncan Jr goes to work, Conan says watching Kurt and Bobby wrestle is just like slow dancing with his sister, it's fantastic. Bobby's all over Ray in the early going, but Ray comes back with a springboard leg drop and an Arabian press moonsault. Conan reminds everyone that Ray Mysterio's a Jan killer, while Kurt Hennig reminds everyone that Rap is crap. A flan head scissor sends Bobby D out of the ring, and we can see Mysterio has a busted lip right here. The match resumes with Ray taking a shoulder breaker, followed by a few elbow drops, but Bobby misses a snake eyes attempt, and Mysterio pulls off a Bronco Buster. When Ray goes up for a Hurricane Rana, Kurt gets involved, and the ref calls for a DQ, so Conan ends up running down to the ring for the save. Bobby and Kurt get out of harm's way, and Hennig says Conan and Ray are going to get trashed at the Great American Bash. This is the most personality Kurt Hennig's shown on WCW since he turned his back on the horseman. It's good to see, and long may it continue. The commentators then talk about how dangerous Randy Savage is, and they wonder if Kevin Nash is going to make it to the pay-per-view this week. They then wonder who was driving the White Hummer, and they come to the conclusion that Randy has an equally dangerous ally right now in WCW. Al Snow vs Draws on Raw, the Steiner brothers cut a promo on Nitro. Draws comes down to the ring with Prince Albert. Albert's been with Draws for a good few weeks now, but this is the first time we have seen him on Raw. Snow lures Draws to the backstage area, and he tries to use some drywall as a weapon, but it's incredibly flimsy and it breaks before impact. Draws gets the better of Al for just a moment, but Al's in control as the two head through some double doors and into an arena bar, and the two end up fighting behind the bar while throwing drinks at each other. Snow tries to slide Draws down the bar just like they do in old western movies, but it's not the same is it? Snow then realizes this one's going down the toilet fast, so he decides to end it by throwing a potted plant at his opponent before smacking him with some sort of ornament he found at one of the tables. Sometimes it feels like Al Snow's wasted in these kind of matches. He improved so much while in ECW and his matches upon returning to WWF were good. These hardcore matches really don't show us what he was capable of at all. On Nitro, Scotty Steiner says his brother Rick's ready for the stinger this Sunday at the Great American Bash. 
Scott watched his brother destroy Sting last week inside the cage and Scott also noticed that no one came out to back Sting up. It appears that the Stinger has no friends in WCW. Scotty Steiner will be at the bash this Sunday to stand in his brother's corner so Sting's gonna have a pretty big problem. Rick says he and his brother are at the top of the food chain. Anyone who steps up to the Steiner brothers need to realize that Rick and Scott will be all over them like a pack of wild dogs. If Rick finds Sting in the dog pound, he's gonna take him out. Rick's the DFG and he backs down from nobody. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Next up, it's Disco Inferno versus Buff Bagwell on Nitro. On Raw, it's the Vince McMahon versus Ken Shamrock Lions Den match. Disco watched Bagwell's promo earlier on, and Disco's upset that Buff didn't tell Piper to his face that he's doing a bad job. Disco says Buff has no guts, Buff has no stuff, and if Buff wants to be the man, he needs to come down and wrestle Disco Inferno. I did not know Disco was WCW's manly measuring stick, but here we are. Buff comes out in his very tight street clothes. He says he may have got kicked out of the Wolfpack, but Disco was never in the Wolfpack to begin with. Disco gets in a cheap shot as the bell rings, and Buff no sells a back elbow before taking Disco down with a clothesline followed by a dropkick. Disco takes a body slam and he gets brought to the corner for a few mounted punches. He gets out of the corner by hitting two low blows and the referee's like, good job Disco. And the Inferno follows up with a diving elbow before Nitro takes a commercial break. We come back to see Bagwell stuck in a chin lock. There's always one on reliving the war. There's always one. Disco goes for another elbow drop but he misses his target and our match ends with a backdrop, a neckbreaker and a blockbuster from Buff Daddy. Not a great match if I'm honest but not the worst on this episode of Nitro either. On Raw, the Lions Den match pretty much doesn't happen. Makes you wonder why they set the cage up in the first place. McMahon gets in the cage first and he waits for Shamrock. Shamrock tries to enter the Lions Den but Vince has tied a chain around the door. So Ken struggles for a moment until Vince decides to use the chain to fend Shamrock off. Ken says the hell with this and he goes to bust the door open, but then Jeff Jarrett shows up and Shamrock takes a chair shot to the head. Shamrock's completely knocked out, Vince applies a weak ankle lock and the ref calls for the bell, so Vince McMahon beats Ken Shamrock inside the lion's den via KO. Bit of a bait and switch right here from the WWF, I am not amused pal. Before checking out our main events, here's a look at the updated King of the Ring brackets. All these matches are going to happen at the King of the Ring event itself, and as always, I will be checking out the whole pay-per-view on Reliving the War.
Raw ends with the Big Show versus The Undertaker for the WWF Championship. On Nitro, it's Sting versus Macho Man Randy Savage. The Nitro match begins with Gorgeous George jumping on Sting's back, allowing Macho to get in a few early punches. The two end up on the outside, and after Savage does a little damage at the guardrail, Miss Madness and Medusa decide to get in on the action. Sting's very much outnumbered in this matchup. Back in the ring, Savage chokes out Sting on the canvas before delivering a right hand that rocks the Stinger pretty badly. Another chokehold, more punches from Macho. I'm starting to notice a pattern here, and keep in mind, Macho's wrestling in the main event this week on pay-per-view. The crowd have lost interest, they're chanting we want puppies and it's weird seeing fans zone out during a Sting match. More chokeholds, we go back to the outside where Sting gets thrown into the guardrail again. We haven't seen one wrestling move in this match and it's almost over. Back in the ring, Team Madness distracts the referee while Macho pulls out a baggie he got from Shawn Michaels. Sting gets powdered, Macho sets his opponent on the top rope and I thought Macho was going to pull off a superplex here but no. Miss Madness instead gets in the ring for a hurricane Rana but Sting pushes her away, meaning we still haven't seen a single wrestling move in this match. Oh here we go, Macho hits the referee with a pile driver while Sting's still blinded. Mickey J runs in and Macho disposes of him too. And Sting finally gains his vision back and he goes to hit Macho with a stinger splash. Macho sacrifices both Miss Madness and Medusa so he doesn't have to take any bumps, but he does move George out of the way and Sting finally connects with a stinger splash on Randy. It's fucking insane that Macho's only losing his sunglasses now as the referee calls for the bell. The Steiner brothers run in to attack Sting, and it turns out Sting has got a friend in the back this week. Lex Luger shows up and the Steiners get out of harm's way, and that's how Nitro ended. I'm a fan of Macho Man Randy Savage, but even Hogan didn't have matches like this in WCW. No bumps, one move that was a pile driver to the referee. This was a rough main event, and WCW cannot afford to keep doing things like this. On Raw, the main event begins before Taker even takes his belt off. Big Show gets stunned in the corner, but he explodes out with a big clothesline. The dead man takes an elbow drop, and the Big Show chokes the Undertaker out before getting in a few kicks. The Undertaker gets choked out in the corner, and <laughs> I'm starting to get a bit worried here. A headbutt puts the Undertaker down to the mat again. Show launches Taker into the ropes, but Undertaker ducks a clothesline, and he goes for a choke slam. Show puts his hand around the Undertaker's neck too, and the two come to a stalemate. So, the Undertaker hits a low blow followed by his signature jumping clothesline. We go to the outside where Sho gets the better of the champ for just a brief moment. He then tries to ram Taker's head into the ring post but the Phenom counters it. Undertaker then jumps from the apron and he rocks Sho's head off the commentary table and the Undertaker then uses a chair to do even more damage while Paul Bear distracts the referee. We see another chokehold and I gotta be fair here, no wrestling moves as of yet but we did see Taker's jumping clothesline so at least that's something. You can be a bit more lenient here though seeing as both men are massive but still this hasn't been a great main event either. More strikes beside the commentary table follow before the two get back inside the ropes. Undertaker jumps from the top turnbuckle but he gets caught out by show. The big man goes for a chokeslam and holy shit okay that was awesome. The Undertaker gets chokeslammed through the ring and the referee has no choice but to stop the match. Bradshaw, Farouk and Midian run down and they all take chokeslams too and Raw goes off the air with The Undertaker heading back up the ramp. The match wasn't great, the ending was spectacular though. Raw wins reliving the war this week and it's getting less and less likely that Nitro's ever gonna win again. I always try to weigh things up fairly and I like seeing Nitro win, but not this week unfortunately. The opening Raw promos were highly entertaining, the matches afterwards were all way too short but the show ended brilliantly with the Big Show's chokeslam. 
Nitro's main event completely killed the crowd. It was bad to watch on TV and there wasn't much going on on Nitro to get excited about. Raw's now on 97 points, Nitro's on 71 points and we've got 19 ties on the board. In the TV ratings, Raw went up to a 6.7, Nitro dropped slightly to a 3.2. Next up, it's WCW's Great American Bash 1999. I'm very interested in seeing how certain guys perform on this show and it does feel like opinions could be swayed on certain wrestlers based on what happens. Rick Steiner's getting featured in a Falls Count Anywhere match against Sting, Buff Bagwell's got his make or break match against uh, the Disco Inferno? Okay. We've got Piper vs Flair in a match that simply needs to be better than their last encounter and of course Mr Bumps a lot himself Randy Savage is going up against Kevin Nash. Either it's going to be good or it's going to be absolutely abysmal. Either way I'm going to have fun with it so join me this Sunday and we'll see what happens in Baltimore. Thank you very much for watching guys I do appreciate it and please take care.